Hi everyone, welcome to the Don't Tell God podcast. Uh, my name is Alicia and I am your host. Now, uh, if this is your first time listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, in case you don't know, let me explain to you why I do this podcast. Uh, the purpose of this podcast is to give pastors and leaders and really just anyone who loves following Jesus a platform to be genuine and open about their faith and their life and ministry. Now, uh, this is episode 11, uh, but it's been uh, a long time uh, since episode 10 and 11. And the reason for that is just because I've been really busy. Uh, I did explain in my last episode that uh, there were a lot of things that was going to be changing, uh, specifically having a fourth child. Uh, but I'm really happy that I can uh, kind of start back up again. I'm going to try to do um, yeah a new episode once a month. Now, on this episode, I uh, interview Liz McDougall. Now, Liz is a scripture teacher at a local girls' high school in Sydney. And uh, I've been blessed to know Liz for probably the last four or five years. And uh, we've done scripture together. And she's a joy uh, to work with. Now, while interviewing Liz, uh, I found out a lot of new things about her. But one of the things that I really enjoyed is uh, her perspective on being uh, a mum, on being a wife, but also a pastor's wife, because I think that adds a different type of element, uh, but also a follower of Jesus. And uh, she just explains uh, her ministry and what she does. And uh, it's it's a real blessing, um, yeah, to for her to be on this show. And I really do hope that you enjoy it. And if you do, really do enjoy it, uh, please share it with someone because uh, I really want you to uh, not only uh, you receive the blessing, but also for that person. Enjoy this episode. All right. Uh, well, welcome, Liz. Welcome to uh, the podcast. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate you coming uh, nice on the show. Yeah. Um, now, I've known you for a couple of years, maybe four. I've been at MOBC for five years, so maybe four years yeah. or five years, yeah. so roughly about that time. So I know a little bit about you, uh, but just for the audience's sake, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, occupation? Yep. Um, I was thinking about this when you asked. I thought um, I just feel like it's like I'm loved by God, loved by my husband, mm. loved by my kids, and loved. I'm um, blessed too to be loved by the family that I was brought up in. So I just sort of feel that's sort of how I define myself. Um, and then my occupation, I'm, I am a part-time paid high school scripture teacher. So that just means I get that lovely opportunity of sharing the gospel with a whole range of girls at the local high school um, in a relational setting. So I like Awesome. That. Yeah. And how long have you been doing that for? Um, this is the end of my seventh year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, obviously, we'll, we'll chat a little bit about um, your role at the school a little bit later. But I want to know a little bit more about yourself in regards to, to ministry because um, something that uh, is interesting is obviously you're married to a minister. Uh, yeah. So ministry is your whole life. Uh, so <laughs> I totally understand that. My wife understands that. Uh, but I want to know how, you know, obviously besides marrying your husband, but before you did ministry, so what, what did you do there and how did that lead up to where you are now in regards to being an SRE teacher? Yeah, um, so I grew up in a Christian home and and I think they were, like, when we were little, when I was little, um, my dad did some short-term mission overseas in Ethiopia in 74 when there was um, a famine and it I, and then we tr- when we talked about the world and travelled a bit around the world at that same time, um, I think it was very missional focused, like intentional from their point of view. And so then I went, I suppose that just sort of led to just that voluntary thing of being involved in ministry 
um, mm. at the local church and beach missions and stuff like that. And then I went to Bible college really thinking that I may, I was a single late 20s when I went to Bible college and thought that I would, my vague direction was to go back to Ethiopia um, in okay. as a missionary. And so, um, yeah, so prior Prior to that, I think it was just all that voluntary stuff. You just, there's a need, you have some gifts yeah. and you do different things. And then went to Bible college and sort of thought a little bit more about that and thought um, that to be a single person on the mission field is actually quite a challenge. And so yeah. um, I just thought I'll think about that. I'll, I'll maybe get some skills at home. Um, but then... Um, in my last year of college, I re, um, I had known David, who is now my husband, but um, we just had met on Beach Mission. And so in my last year of Bible college, that relationship happened and became we married at the end of that year or the beginning of the next. And, um, and really I think my... It's been a, I just, as a minister's wife, you sort of, that's you, a thrust in, that's, that is your life. Um, it's yeah. a partnership, um, which I've really loved. And, and it's, um, I think I've just, um, been, it's been a combination of the involvement that I've had is normally if there's a need yeah. and there's a matching to my gifts and a matching to the season that I am in my life. So, those sort of things have just dictated where I've gone um, with yeah. ministry. Yeah. Now, look, I think this, that's the question. The yeah, no, no, no. It's good. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just, just thinking there's so many questions I want to ask, and um, this actually is not on the list, but uh, yeah. I'm intrigued. So you said that obviously you grew up, you know, traveling in the world, or especially you were in Ethiopia with your parents, uh, went to Bible college with the desire to go back to Ethiopia, found a man, got married. You're still in Sydney. How, how so, yeah, what's do you yeah. still plans to one day go back? Was that, was that, did you maybe misread God and think, yeah. oh, actually, maybe oh. it wasn't? Yeah, tell me a little bit more about that. But sometimes people go, oh, like it, when you say that, like when I say this, it mm. sort of feels like you've settled for some, you've compromised it, yeah. you know, um, what you were doing. I think David is also, um, I think we were both two people who were, sort of quite single-minded in a literal way, like thinking that we'd both be single and both mm. had sort of mission-type ideas. And um, so mission is still part of the way we think, but it's not yeah. where we've served. And I can't exactly explain that. I can just probably say that um, there's been just well, I can think of a time where there was an opportunity either to be in, in a mission area, like yeah. um, in a or, or in a church area, and and we just prayed about it and prayed that God would open and shut doors and things like that. And the door was open this in this um, yeah. direction, and so I think it's just our life in ministry, like we as a married couple started in Brisbane, went up to North Queensland, came down to Sydney, each time it's just God, yeah, opening doors. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm where I'm meant to be, mm -hmm. um, even though it's not on the mission field. So it sort of feels like you're being a bit half-hearted. But yeah. well, I, I, don't I, feel, I, I don't feel that, but I just sort of it can sound that way. I, I was going to say I think you are on a mission field. Also, totally different context. Yeah, yeah, you true, know, true. But, um, 
uh, yeah, so that's that's very interesting. And so uh, I'm probably going to change the the path a little bit because I want to touch on um, singleness because you said you went to Bible college, you were single. You, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you kind of assumed that you probably just stay single. And now yeah. you, were, you were saying, oh, if we go to the mission field, single, that's going to be hard. Um, can you tell, also, I know you're married now, but can you tell us a little bit more how you cope with that? Because I do know yeah. of people who they're not even in ministry, they're just godly Christian men or women who are single, but they struggle with that, struggle with, yeah. well, how does this work? Why am I single? And, yeah, I don't know if you can elaborate a little bit yeah. on your experience. Um, yeah, I, oh, I I think I just... I um. Oh, I don't know where to start, but one one thing, it's not in a sort of an order, mm. um, but p- probably this is the end bit, actually. Yeah. I remember being at Bible College and a lecturer saying just generally um, about this concept of you can be more effective married. He, as a married person, he wasn't saying you, that's the, he wasn't saying you can't be effective single, but I think I had always assumed you would be more effective single than you would be married. So it made me think, oh, like um, that's not the only way to go. Yep. The other thing was I think I one thing I had a sort of a little bit of a roadblock, I suppose, in marriage, and that was thinking I do not want to have an unhappy marriage and I don't want to, you know, like you could see you can see people that have got sometimes it's unhappy marriages or sometimes it's just sort of stagnant yep. um, marriages. And I just thought I don't want that. And and I think this sort of realising that that was how I was thinking um, combined with this thought that actually it can be a godly option to be married because I just had assumed, not that it was ungodly to be married, but that it was more godly to be single. So, yeah, um, yeah so, and then I, I I don't know, there was sort of struggles, I suppose, as a single, like you, there's a, a whole sort of other set of things that you go through. Um, but I think I just... Um, I had, there was lots of things uh, um, that I could do. I, I just sort of think I tried to see the options and opportunities yep. rather than the the other way around. And yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's and so. Did you go when this opportunity with uh, David came up? And did you did you go and talk to people about it and say, "Well, hang on, I, I had a different mindset here now." <laughs> This, this handsome man has come into my life. Ah, is this from God? Or, or Alicia did you just the know? Whole, like, uh, <laughs> it's not a tragic story. It's like, oh, Liz. <laughs> because um, when, when he asked me out for dinner, that was sort of like a marriage proposal. <laughs> so there was no, there were no, okay. none of those questions about, like, I think because um, we'd met actually, we were so slow, but we had met 14 years before we were on beach mission. What? And at that time I thought he's really godly and yeah. he was sort of like my benchmark. And I had another couple of boyfriends, uh, not at the same time, but I had a yeah. couple of boyfriends after that. And then, and, um, I didn't realize, neither of us realized that we liked each other. And then we met um, in our early 30s. And, and um, yeah, and, and, and we, he asked me to dinner. And, yeah. and, that, and, and when you're in your early 30s, I think you have a very different attitude to how mm. you're going to treat dating. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was in, and I was in, I was about to head back to Bible college for the year. And so, then we we conducted our courting really by letter writing 
Um, yep. It's before the days of email and yep. that stuff and and long distance, you know, the paid phone with all the 20-cent pieces in it and dollar coins and, yeah, so... Um, wow. It was pretty spe- So I don't think, I didn't think about no. so it. It sounds like you kind of knew, like as, you know, you had yeah. your first date or whatever, you kind of knew, yeah. okay, well, this is different. And I, I understand that a little bit, not so from my personal life, but because my parents, my parents actually uh, got married very, very late in their 40s. Yeah. My dad was 43 wow. and my mom wow. was like 38, 39. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, and, and they were very similar. Like they, I think, I I could be totally wrong here, but I'm pretty sure they got they had that first date or whatever and got married a year, maybe less than a yes, year later. Yeah, so yeah. I, I yeah, I understand that, you know, once you're a little yeah. bit older, there's no uh, fluffing around really. Yeah, that's and, it, that's uh, it. I think probably the most thing, and this I know this is for my parents as well. They both knew that they were both godly and they were attracted to each other and they mm. both love God. And what's yeah. what's there to <laughs> why do we have to wait? <laughs> easy, easy, yeah. easy. But um, okay. So Got married. Um, yeah. Obviously, you were saying before that your uh, David is now in, in ministry in, in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Uh, but something that you told me earlier was, in fact, that um, it was a bit challenging when uh, you actually moved. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, did you move from North Queensland to Brisbane with a young family? Other way or, around. Other, other way, way around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so how was that? Because I'm intrigued because something that we don't talk about a lot um, when we talk about ministries, we know that as you know, ministers, um, especially male ministers, a lot of burden, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, all that stuff. Yeah. But we kind of forget, hey, there's a wife there, there's kids there that kind of suffer a lot. And, and my wife, you know, um, I'm sure she will agree that she kind of takes a full brunt. You know, if I'm having a really crappy week, month, year, whatever, yeah. or the pressure of church, she kind of gets, or the family kind of gets us. So, yeah, how did you cope with that in your early years with such yeah. a young family, relocating, moving, ministry, all that? Yeah, and... And part of it too, I think, is that your husband is in a public sort of mm. role as well. Yeah. So um, we had um, we had we got married. That was nice. Had a little boy. That was nice. Then we had twins. That was nice. Full on. Yeah, so twins. Had, oh wow! I didn't know that. Two, three under two and a half. Oh. And um, and we knew when I was pregnant with the twins that this church that we would move to this church, um, but we decided that we would stay in Brisbane until they were born. Yeah. Um, so they we moved when they were three months old. And so it's about 15. I know Queensland geography is not always, you don't know your other state geography, but um, it's about 1,500 k's north of Brisbane. So um, we Far didn't away. know anybody else <laughs> up there yeah. apart from the people that we were getting to know at the church. So um, so that's, that sorry, that's on. that's huge. Like young family, you move into a place that you sounds like you had no family, no friends. You didn't know no, anyone. Yeah, that? no, yeah, that's right. Well, Chris, you know, yeah, we didn't, we didn't. Wow. They become your family, but yep. yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah. Keep, keep going. No, I no, that's right. right. And then so, and David had moved then also from a position where he had been a, in a collegiate ministry to being the senior minister, yeah. um, and. So there was sort of extra little pressures there, I suppose. And then I don't know how long, but it was pretty soon after we moved, he became um, responsible. The the what's called the presbytery, but it's sort of like the zone in North Queensland is quite large. So it goes really from Townsville 
up and wow. a bit south. So he was responsible then to oversee a vacancy in another congregation in Cairns. So that's four hours north. And so, so he this is all there. part of his, like, from his normal yeah. role. He's, it's added on that he's got more yeah, stuff yeah, with yeah. the young, okay. And then so he would have to travel up there once a month and sort of supervise some things there and try and find a new minister. And then at the same time, not the same, but soon after, became responsible for a congregation in our south as well. So he's got these congregations as well as his own. Um, so uh, so that was that was intense time, actually. And then I think I, I was trying to track this, like trying to, figure out the timing but mm. um soon after that I I told you I mean it's, it's sort of funny a woman talking to a bloke like this but um I went through these bewildering what were bewildering at first um symptoms of what turned out to be an early premature sort of menopause so that's just I can't it's just in, it's like it's just emotionally it was quite stressful and and I didn't know what was happening and there's physical things that happen and mm. um, and then the, so there's a whole heap of things going on that I didn't, you don't know what is going on. Um, and so it's all, and, and with little toddlers. So it's just oh, sort of like. I, I can't imagine what you. Crazy. You, oh. Yeah. So how, because how, I, I really want to try to understand from, you know, a wife's perspective in, in ministry, like how, yeah. how did you cope with that? Because. Did you say to David, hey, look, maybe this is not it. Like, it's not working. Like, I need, I'm yeah. assuming you were you were seeking support from family or at least people that you know of. That, yeah. Or, or, or did you just say, nah, you know what? I'm, we're here. We're called by God. I'm going to just stick it out and yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. What, yeah. What, yeah. what was your train of thought there? <sighs> yeah. So it is quite hard because you don't even know your own train of thought. Like, mm. you don't know what you're thinking. You just know that. It's hard. And I remember um, one, I can remember one night getting up and just writing a letter to David because I was couldn't wow. figure it out. And I think I was cross and crabby. And um, and I remember at Bible College David Cook saying, um, and um that that oh, I wish I could remember how he said it, but it's this idea that. For a husband, it was talking about ministry. I suppose we can be talking about work generally, but in ministry, mm. a husband, it's easy, it's tempting for a husband in ministry to be, in a sense, married to his job. And then yep. it feels like it, it has a sense of the man being unfaithful to his wife. Like you sort of have mm. this, um, and I, I think that was a sense that I had. Like I just sort of felt um, I didn't, you, you, he's so busy and you sort of don't, then you sort of, um, you have to, we had to talk about things and I, expla- I expre- expressed, I explained that to him and um, that that sense of if he's so busy, then my trust in him is affected or his love yeah. for me, is it, I, I, the love that I feel from him is affected. Like he he didn't love me less. It's just that I didn't see it in the same ways that I might have before maybe. So we had to... We had to talk about that and and I know that um, it was helpful once I'd got these blood tests back to say, oh, yes, that's what's happening in my body because mm. then then we had to just, we that we could talk about that then as well and just renegotiate a few things in life. Um, and, and um, yeah, I think it's just 
it is it's it's that it's a lot of it's really hard when you've got little kids you'd know this but when you've got little kids to have a day off like we tried hard to have Mondays off but when you've got little kids around you, it's just it's not, um, it's, no. it's not the same. The whole week, month, year just all mashes up together. I know. <laughs> and so, I don't know. We you sort of have to work hard. Yeah. And I don't know that we did it fantastically at all. Mm. Like you know, trying to think of ways that he and I could each rest, and the kids could also be around. Mm. Um, and because he and I rest quite differently. Like for me. At heart, I would like to be outdoors and doing something. Whereas yeah. for, at heart, David would like to have a coffee and read yeah. the newspaper. So yeah. we had to figure it out. Thing. Can I just add something or yeah. add a question? What what advice would you give to male ministers then in regards to ha- how to deal with that? Because I, when you mentioned that, sometimes you know it seems like the the minister is married to the job. I, I totally agree. You know, even yeah. with Laura and I, you know, we we argue with that because you're working too much or this and that and. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what, what other advice would you give? Because I think that would be very helpful for our listeners, oh, especially male listeners. So, <laughs> no pressure. Oh, we're no still pressure, learning, Elisio. Like I think um, it has got easier as the kids have got older. Like that's, mm. that's a season of life that's jolly hard when they're little. Um, I think um, we had to work really hard at having time off. Um, so just that day off, David had got into it. He had been in ministry for 10 years before we got married and he had got into that dreadful ha- habit of never having a day off. And so we wow. had to renegotiate that. And, to and, and that's been a negotiating negotiated thing all through our marriage. Yeah. Like we just, it's mon- it really, the only day that works for us is Monday, which not, is not ideal because I think you'll understand that you sort of have this low after uh, working your guts out um, on the Sunday and um, so you're sort of quite flat. But we've just tried to do that. Once the kids got to school and we had time, or yep. kind of, um, pre, it was sort of when just the year before school, um, we had a bit of more time and that was nice. Um, but I think, um, sorry, what would I tell Minute, um, yeah, I would say work hard at having some time off, okay. um, um, a daily, like not daily, a weekly sort of time, try and schedule in some time with your wife. Um, mm. It's just I think it is also just understanding. I've had to really understand, like there's lots of times where there's a funeral on a Monday, there's a public, you know, like or other yeah. times there's no such. I think people outside of ministry don't tend to understand that you never get a weekend like mm. we just have a one day and even if there's a long weekend it's always the Monday anyway but you sort of so I think um and the kids find that's probably taken its toll on the kids a little bit I don't um so you're just trying to work hard at carving out some time um and I think as a wife I've had to learn to be flexible too and yeah. like sometimes it goes you've got it in reserve but sometimes I know that you know we're having coffee and there is a there's an, a difficult and hard pastoral care call that comes through and you're sort of going oh. <laughs> and sometimes yep. I've made the wrong call it's like sometimes I've sometimes I've thought no this is where we are this is what we're doing and really yep. it was more urgent and needed to be addressed. Um, So I've had to learn, but I think I've also learned that 
God helps and he gives you grace. And so often we've had to go stretches without a lot of time off, Mm. but with an understanding with each other, I think, and 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 God enables you in that time. I had to say to David a lot of like I've had to realize too that sometimes his head is so much around a certain problem. Um, sometimes the best way for me to approach something is just to say, um, darling, I've got to, we need, I really want to talk about this. I don't need to talk about it now, but I just, I really need to talk about it. Or yeah. I, or there's something I need to talk about. Like I don't leave it ominous and, um, but, but because, and then that way I've got it off my chest, which is often all I need to do, like just yeah. to have that often solves three quarters of the problem. David knows that he doesn't have to answer it then and there, and but he knows that he needs to think about it and, yeah. Put on his to-do list to think about yeah. it. <laughs> no, that's good. That's that's very helpful. And obviously each couple is different, but yeah. I think the main thing is what you said, communicate, communication, so yeah. important. Um, but, yeah, make time for each other. You mentioned before, now you are a SRE teacher yeah. at a high school Um Tell me a little bit more about that because it's it's a different role. Um, mm. Obviously, I don't know, maybe some people think, oh, great, you get to, you know, preach the gospel and share God's word. That must be so easy and this and that. And it is great because uh, I've done seminars with you, but it is a bit, a bit of a challenge as well. So I'm not sure if you want to yeah, elaborate a little bit more on that. Yeah. So um, it is, it's something that's just such a joy to be able to, have the privilege of, or the freedom to do. So I think um, that our government still has that door open is an amazing thing. So it means that I can go on, I teach at the local girls' high school. Um, I'm paid by a board, so I'm not a department employee, but the school allows me to be there. And I have the girls whose families have chosen for them to do um Christian scripture come to my classes and that can be girls from keen Christian backgrounds but it can be also girls right across the denominations of the Christian faith from Protestant to Catholic to Orthodox and it's also I've had girls and still have girls from all the major religions so and atheists um, as well so I just consider it just an amazing privilege to be able to share the gospel in that what becomes a relational setting because mm. I, I I've never been able to think of myself as a salesman like and I don't like that sort of thought of you know that and so it's been really good to be um, you know you get to sort of be with them in their lives a bit so ultimately it's just this huge privilege there is a tension though because you're a guest in this government space and so yeah. there are, have to be these limits and um well there used to be limits but there's more limits and so it's just I just feel you you just want to be the two things you don't want to be one is you don't want to be um abusing that privilege of being in that space the other thing is you don't want to become a watered down nothing and not you know, water the gospel down to such an extent that it's not even a gospel at all. So yeah. um, so the gospel is offensive. You don't want to cause unnecessary offence, I suppose. Um, 
So not to hold back on what the gospel is. Um, so you just, I mean, there's a curriculum and so you just, that's a great safeguard. You, yep. You're teaching the curriculum. Because that's been approved by the Department of Education. Correct, and yeah, saying, yeah, yes, yeah. Whatever you say there is good. That's it. So that's a really, that's my safeguard. And and so that's, and it's a, a good curriculum that yep. deals clearly with the gospel and um, and then you just pray for great wisdom to be able to answer questions, you know, well and in a way that is honouring to God but um, is is not problematic. So you just, you know, there's lots of people, there's Daniel and others in the Bible who yeah. find themselves in that sort of position and trying just to be, yeah, along those lines. Yeah, and so we've uh, also you have a massive impact or massive role in, in the lives of these girls uh, with the teachers or the parents, is is that like a mission field as well? Do you have interactions with them or is it yeah. really just the students? And, how, yeah, how does that work and, yeah, how do you build relationships with them? So not so much the parents. So I've had a little bit to do with parents or certainly if they are supporting church, I've had yep. more to do with them. Other than that, hardly at all, a little yeah. bit, but hardly at all. But with the teachers, yeah, I just... I really, I'm a teacher by profession and I just think if you're a conscientious teacher, it's really hard work. And so I understand that there's a lot of pressures on these teachers and so um, just want to stand beside them in some ways. And the lovely, I just, you know, part of why full-time ministry is so nice, like as well, ministry, formal ministry, paid ministry, whatever you call it, is that. It's this natural in. So they know I'm there as a Christian and they know yeah. I'm there to, and I teach the Bible. So I just think that's who I am. And so um, they ask often ask me questions, which is just lovely, and I don't think there's any limits on how I answer them because we're two adults in that yeah. space. Um, and so I, and, and I'll, I've, I, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, maybe five years ago, I decided that I didn't want to be playing it safe as a Christian and I wanted to have more risks. Like I wanted not to get to heaven and think, oh, I could have just said so much more. And mm. so I I want to have that attitude in the way that I am at school as well. And so I just want to, so I'll tell, I mean, this is quite a, a safe option really, but I'll, you know, I'll often tell teachers that I'm praying for them or or but I'll often you know God has I think you know you ask for opportunities and he gives them and I think he lots of times there'll be situations where people will ask me a question or share something about their life and I can share something about my life with them and and I'm just explicit you know I, I really want to try to share the gospel with them like so I, I just share what God you know how God has helped me or or, or uh, I can't think of exact examples at this time, but I just um, I I'm just sharing what's going on in my life, and because God is core to my life, it it just involves Him, and so um, yeah. So I, I try I try to have that as sort of a bit of my philosophy in dealing with the teachers and Christians and non Christians alike. Yeah, yep. try to listen to them, and yeah, but it's been lovely. Uh, last question, uh, because yeah. I think this is. Uh, this might be the most important question, to be honest, because, you know, for, for me, you know, I was excited to do this interview because I was getting a perspective from a SRE teacher, uh, a mother, but also a pastor's wife, which obviously I haven't had on my show before, and I think that's really important. So 
no pressure on this, but what's what's one piece of advice, or maybe two, if, if you really want to, in regards to to ministry or being, um, yeah, being, being a minister or, or, or a spouse of a minister? Yeah, like what, what's your what's your advice in that? Yeah, um, most like if this is a piece of advice for anybody, yeah, but I think if you're in ministry, it becomes even. It's just the essentialness of it is even more, and that is I just this um, spending time with God. So I just yeah. I'm thankful for growing up in a, with my parents really trying to establish this habit with us as little children. So it's been part of my life, but it's always hard work. Um, mm. It's always a, it's not saying there's not there's lovely delight in it, but it's it's not as if you never have to work at it you know that's probably what I'm meaning so um so just spending time with God it looks has looked for me different in my different seasons um how that might where it is in the day that I but just to spend time alone with God in his word and in prayer and so for ministers people in ministry I would say um that um not to have the peace, it's not to spend time in God's word that you're preparing for a sermon or for a lesson mm. or for a talk. Um, it's spending time in God's word without any thought that you're going to present this as some talk um, where God is just, you're listening to God and it's more real, I suppose, and more vulnerable in that sense because you're not trying to prepare it. Mm. And so, you know, um, and then just and really working hard um, at spending time in prayer too. For me, at I've what I do now, I can't concentrate. I'm pathetic at concentrating, especially in prayer. So I, when I do my Bible reading, I write notes, but I used to be sort of observations of the text. But what I decided a year ago is to try to turn to turn everything that I was reading and my observations into a prayer. So my notes okay. are now more prayers based on that text. And then, and I've tended to write, I, sometimes I write my prayers out and other times I I have this um, sort of people that I pray for and situations that I pray for. And I've written prayer, I often write prayers out and sometimes reuse those because I otherwise I my prayers are vague. But but um it's really that, that's just a little aside. It's spending time with God in his word. Yeah. Can I say that one of the things that kept me sane when I was a mum, first became a mum, actually, I remember discovering JC Ryle and he's got four. Um, expository thoughts on the gospel, all four gospels are, are four books of his. Um, and they, I first came across those as they were compacted into a, these daily devotionals. But um, sometimes I can read the Bible, just me and the word and God, but sometimes I'm depleted or I can't concentrate and I need a help. <laughs> and so, JC, uh, so at the moment I'm reading Christopher Ash on Job as I so I read through Job and make my thoughts and then I read that little bit that he's got to say or a lot that he's got to say that's very good but um my go-to when I'm absolutely flat is JC Ryle and because he he's so pastoral so he he writes he's writing in the late 1800s 
he takes just a small chunk of a gospel, might be a half a dozen verses, very doable. You read those and then he's got a couple of pages written on that, maybe four pages, something that you wouldn't even have to do all in a day if you didn't want to. But it's written, um, he's not writing it to preach, he's writing it sort of, I think some of them were written for to read at a hospital bed, but they're yeah. like I feel like they were an old grandfather, godly grandfather, taking you by your hand and reading the Bible with you. That's what it feels like. It's there, and he's so solid, mm. so good, and so you can still think yourself, but you just sometimes need that. Um, nursing along and it's just like rich fellowship and so yeah. then the joy you can have joy again within that time mm. you know you, it's a discipline to you know I do it first thing in the morning generally like it doesn't always happen that way but um it, it gives you this joy in that discipline so there's this mixture um yeah so yeah so so in this it, at different seasons in your life you have different capacities but yep. Um, to read, to keep on reading the word in some way by yourself. Like David and I just read something briefly at the end of the day, but it's, I would say, by yourself with God in the word and in prayer, that is where you will be fed. Um, that's where you'll be disciplined by mm. God. That's where you'll be, um, where you'll get your encouragement. That's so that when you, are then with other people, you don't need those things as much from them in the unhealthy way, mm. I suppose. But, yeah. So. That's good. And I really love the point, and you emphasise this in seasons because I'm sure you said you, you read your Bible now in the morning. Also, when you had young kids, I'm sure that went out the window. And you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. It was when they were having their sleep in the middle of the day. Or, that, you know, that's yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah. yeah. And I think that's something that we just got to ingrain ourselves, seasons. Yeah. You know, and, and, you Be know, maybe, gracious to yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. That's right. Yeah. But, um, oh, so helpful. I really yeah. appreciate that. Thank you for oh, the conversation. Sure. Thank you for opening up. And uh, oh. hopefully David's okay that you've give, you've given many <laughs> examples uh, of his life. Oh. But, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate it. You can get it. his side of the story. No, yeah, he, I probably he's will. He's a good bloke. <laughs> Thank you so much, Liz. I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, Alicia. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, that's episode with uh, Liz. And uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully it made you think. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And uh, like I said earlier, it's, it was a blessing just, um, yeah, to be able to talk to her just in regards to, to life and ministry. Uh, the big thing for me, um, also this will be different for you, but for me at least, just is her perspective of ministry. And uh, I think she was talking about her husband before in regards to where, you know, he was working a lot. Um, and yeah, she just kind of had to say to him, hey, you know, uh, we, we've got to sort this out. We've got to work through this. And, you know, we need to make time or you need to make time for the family and, and, and myself. And um, yeah, I think that's really important. And I think that kind of hits home uh, for me because, you know, sometimes we do get... Um, uh, for those in ministry, we do kind of get, um, you know, our, we devote everything to it, but we kind of get married to ministry and that kind of affects uh, our life, affects our family, affects our spouse. And that's something that we need to figure out. But also uh, just that last little bit at the end, where she talked about, you know, um, you know, what we need to do in regards to ministry or, or a tip in regards to ministry. She talked about spending time with God and such a cliche answer, but 
yeah, it's so important and it's so true. You know, we do ministry, that's great, but we need to connect back with God, which, you know, it sounds silly, but at times that's that's really hard and uh, something that we need to remember every single day, get back to basics, just praying and connecting with God. Uh, hopefully uh, you enjoyed this episode. Uh, like I said to you before, uh, please share it with someone on Spotify or on Apple or whatever platform. Uh, feel free to uh, review uh, this podcast if you wish. You can follow me on Instagram at Dental God. Um, but I really do hope that it was a blessing and I'll catch you guys next time. Thank you.